in religious studies and now slowly pays off its student loans with dynamically inserted programmatic podcast ads. And now here are the hosts whose OnlyFans page features fully clothed corporate communications workshops, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Hello, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I are performers. We had a live comedy show called Blogologues where we use the internet as our script. Then we had a web series called Two Girls, One Show. You can find that on Hoo-Ha-Ha. My hoo-ha's gonna get a disease. Oh. And once again, it still hasn't, and it's shocking to me. I'm clapping. Can you hear it? <laughs> um, My vagina's awesome. bowing. Can you hear? <laughs> I think I did. Um, anyway, <laughs> in Two Girls, One Show uh, on Hoo Ha Ha, we interviewed people behind the internet posts that we've been performing for all the years. We went on scripted adventures. And now we have Two Girls, One Podcast with The Daily Dot. Now we're talking to people about internet communities and phenomena that we find really interesting. You know that we're here, but Matt Silverman is also here. Hi, Matt. Hello. Today's show is the most profane show ever. It is not suitable for work. It is also not suitable for churches, especially. <laughs> <laughs> or synagogues. Or um, synagogues. You know, every time I think I'm a porn connoisseur, now a fetish connoisseur, uh-huh, <laughs> something uh, comes along to surprise us. <laughs> oh, well, this, this isn't that surprising, but I didn't know that it like had a name. So today we're looking at blasphemy porn, which is when you like to get kinky with blasphemous things like our Lord. That's right. It was suggested by a listener in our Discord. You too can join our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P, or you can tweet us your show ideas. I'm at Allie Gold, (laughs) L-L-I-G-O-L-D. And Jen is at Junebugger. Oh, thank you. J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. That's right. So things are about to get kinky. Uh, we've had a lot of sexy stuff on our show lately. I mean, I want to keep it coming, but I just wanted to call out if you've been listening lately. You're probably turned on right now. <laughs> <laughs> the ratings are through the roof. That's right. <laughs> Great. Because you know what? Quar- this is what quarantine needs. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so y'all, uh, Trivia? We can do trivia. All right, let's let's do it. Trivia? Question? <laughs> let's do it. This one's going to take some thought. Okay, you're going to have to do some some calculations here. Speaking of blasphemy porn, uh, Pornhub, have you heard of it? I think so. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. According to Pornhub's year in review data for both 2018 and 2019, one day of the week is the least popular for watching porn, and one day of the week is the most popular for watching porn. Now, this data is global. This is worldwide data across the world and the website. And remember, this is pre-COVID. So this is porn consumption habits during normal times, people coming and going to their jobs and schools and family obligations. So in normal times, which day is the least popular and the most popular for watching porn? Hmm. I have seven choices for I you. I like I should know this. <laughs> can I okay. just throw out can I throw out what my guess is really quickly? 
Uh, yeah. Well, you have Let's to it. get the choice. Well, you got to get the uh, choice. Well, is, it, is it the seven days of the week, Matthew? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, Great. it is. All right, Jen, what, did you, what do you think? Well, I think, ironically, the least watch day is hump day. Wednesday, mm. people are trying to get through the week, and then I have to think okay. that the most watched day is Thursday. But right. I'm gonna say that the most watched day is Sunday evening because people are trying to fight the Sunday scaries. Love okay. that. So uh, just so just to clarify, we all you both have to create two answers here. Yeah, have I know, two guesses. So Ali is saying most watched is most Sunday. on Sunday. Got it. Locking it in. I like the hump day scenario. I'm going to say most on Sunday, least on Monday. Least on Monday. Okay. Yeah, Allie I think, goes I think, least. I think Monday might be high too. I'm going to say least on Tuesday. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm updating here. Because I right, think you're... Monday you're still trying to start the week off with a bang. And then yeah, right. Tuesday, off dip. The weekend. big dip. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds like you're pulling from personal, uh, personal data, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, are you sticking with the hump day situation, Jen? Yes, for least watched. Yep. Jen says least on Wednesday. Yes, most watched Thursday. Most watched Thursday. Jen, bouncing what's back your reasoning for? Oh, is that the reasoning for Thursday? Just to bounce back? Bounce back. Yep. And I figure like okay. hump day is a universal thing. So globally, we all experience hump day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Yeah. All right. We all will right. find out the least and most porn day after this commercial break. God fucking damn it. Thank you, Chris Harrison. That's right, Jerry Duran. You're so fucking sexy. Jessica (laughs) Fox, I just want to spray holy water all over your body. (laughs) That's right, Melissa Elliott. You can take us in a pew anytime. James Dozier, I want to show you the holy ark. Deborah Duberpants, um, <laughs> you are as sexy <laughs> as Leviticus. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Kathy Phillips, this exercise is really testing it's the knowledge hard. that I don't have. <laughs> Kathy Phillips, I want to take you to confession. <laughs> William, you can sing a hymn with me anytime. (laughs) And Matthew Scott, let's listen to Klezmer. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've all contributed at the $10 level or more to our little... Klezmer um, is like the least sexy music in the whole world. (laughs) Matt, you better put a Klezmer clip in here. Yeah, on it. (laughs) Thank you, guys. We passed around the basket. You put your money in at $10 or Ooh, more for the rest I, of you. Nicely done. That was good. Thank you for your tithings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the rest of you, you can visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. We expect 10% of your income. Isn't that how a tithe works? <laughs> <laughs> where you can sort roommates by penis size Craigslist If you are clean, well hung and in need of a place, this ad is for you I'm seeking a gay or bi male that is well hung and like to have fun The room has cable and Wi-Fi. Just be clean have some source of income and well hung and like to have If interested, call 
If you like to party even better, looking for some to party with on the regular. Uh. <laughs> I'm well hung. I think I'll apply. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you find these people? <laughs> they, we have so much inbound. I have to fight the sponsors off. Yeah. We're so popular. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. Totally. <laughs> well, I'm really excited for this trivia because this is a fun fact I feel that I should know and be able to pull out at virtual parties. Yeah. While I'm jerking off. <laughs> Which parties? Uh, Jeffrey Tubin's parties? The, the Tubins. <laughs> yeah. Which I like day? to call them Tubin times. <laughs> I'm having Tubin time. That's great. Yep. Yeah. That's my favorite ride at the water park, too. <laughs> Which days of the week in pre-COVID times are the most and least trafficked Pornhub days? Allie says Sunday is the most, and Allie says Tuesday is the least, mm -hmm. and then by contrast, Jen is saying Wednesday hump day is the least, and the day following Thursday is the most. Yes. The correct answer is Sunday is the most for exactly the reason that Allie yes. explained. Thank you. The least is Friday. Oh. No one got that. No. So oh, Allie gets, gets people it are half like, right. End of the week, they're going out, they're doing things, seeing people. All right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't that you make sense that? to me? That is the working theory. That's the working theory. You know, uh, Pornhub obviously does not have data on what people are doing with their time when they're not on Pornhub, presumably. But the working theory here is, of course, exactly what Allie said. Sunday is a time of. Uh, anxiety and rest because you're not you're chilling out on Sunday. You know you're 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 not doing as many family gatherings. You're not partying, whatever. You're you're home. You're chilling, and it's also the day when you're worrying about the week ahead. So stress plus chilling equals uh, Pornhub time. That's the working <laughs> theory, anyway. Um, and Friday, as as Ali just said, is a time for if you're single. Uh, you are probably going out and hanging with friends or whatever. If you have a f have family obligations, you are doing things with your family or going to places uh, away from your uh, computer or whatever. So uh, that is the reasoning. And uh, th this held true in both 2018 and 2019 data, but we'll be eager to see what 2020 looks like. Wow. Humans are so predictable. Like, I, I mean, I didn't guess that, obviously, but like, yeah, that That's seems so why clear. I only like to jerk off at odd hours <laughs> to mix up those stats. Yeah, just um, but again, those are global stats. So no matter where you're from, uh, you're getting you, the Sunday blues, yep. wow. the Sunday scaries. Yeah, that's when they, yep, mm -hmm. you got to jerk them off. <laughs> <laughs> jerk them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Uh, it's nice that I think if people spent more time on Pornhub with Pornhub data, they'd realize that we're all the same. You know, really, how different can we all be if that's when we <laughs> masturbate? All right, friends. Well, our guest is here with us. Please welcome to the show cam model, content creator, and blasphemy dominatrix, Sabrina B. Welcome, Sabrina. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. What, in your words, is blasphemy porn? 
So there's different kinds of blasphemy, but for me, blasphemy porn is porn that's specifically focused on Catholic blasphemy. So lots of nuns and Bibles and basically anything that would make the church really upset. That's that's blasphemy porn. Is it Catholic only? Um, so I'm feeling very left out. <laughs> well, it's, I've had some people come to me asking for Muslim blasphemy, but mm-hmm. for me, it's it's like I would say like ninety percent specifically Catholic and ten percent like Christian. Okay. Okay. So when did you start taking God's name in vain? Like, how did you get into this? <laughs> <laughs> well, so. I was doing just full-time like camming and doing content creation and someone sent me, I do custom videos and someone sent me a custom video and they were like, I don't know if you do this. A lot of people don't, but I was wondering if you could dress up as a nun and get dirty with the crucifix and just say as many blasphemous things as you can. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And so I did. And the person was super happy with the video and then was telling other people about it and posting about it. And before I knew it, that was really what was paying my bills. Um, I realized that there was like an opening in that market and I just kind of slid right into it. Wait, so so you you got one request and then he shared it with his blasphemous friends. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Do you know where he was sharing it? Like, where are these blasphemous people hanging out? Yeah, so before uh, Fosta Sesta, which I know you guys have talked about on the show, uh, there's so much porn on Tumblr, and there's a lot of blasphemy porn on Tumblr, and the people who would share it, I guess they would all, like, interact with each other. And so that's where that kind of got started. And this is mostly uh, recorded videos, right? Or do you do live experiences of this as well? Yeah, so it's mostly recorded videos. I do some video chats with people. People who are doing that are mostly looking for kind of like, it's like blasphemy conversion. Like they want me to like turn them into a blasphemous sinner. Um, What? Yeah. (laughs) And so I do that. Um, That's mostly what the video chats are. But for the most part, it's a lot of custom videos that I then resell afterwards. Wow. Okay. So somebody reaches out to you on live chat and they're like, make me a sinner. Like, are they serious? (laughs) Yeah. So like one of my most popular videos is called like blasphemy challenge. And it's basically being like, give up God for me. And that that's probably my most popular one, honestly. And so people will see that and then they'll want to do that kind of like real time one on one with me. So what's the line where something crosses from just your usual role play into blasphemy porn? So a, a big part of it is like the costuming. So I, I mean, I love to dress up and that's honestly probably the, favorite, yeah, me too. My, yeah, it's like the favorite part of my job, honestly. And so I have like lots of nun outfits. I have, you know, succubus outfits, like fangs and horns and all those fun things, lots of leather. And so basically like once it involves like that costuming, once it involves Bibles, once it involves crucifixes, that's like, that's when it kind of, it, moves over to blasphemy and lots of God fucking dammits and Jesus fucking Christ. Lots of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause like to some extent that sounds like normal role play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, blasphemy fans buy other content of mine that isn't specifically blasphemy, but they'll like send me a message afterwards or comment and be like, Ooh, I heard you like slip some goddamns in there. Like that was super hot. Like, 
that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I did that. That just mm-hmm. that just comes out of my mouth, I guess. <laughs> um, so do you ever use props? Because um, I did my research because, you know, I'm a serious journalist and I saw a lot of dildos in the shape of a cross. And I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yes. So there is a toy called the Jackhammer Jesus. Mm. And it is a silicone dildo. So just imagine a crucifix and then, but the bottom half of it is a dildo. And uh, that is like, that's definitely like the most popular prop that I use. It was made by a company called Divine Interventions, which unfortunately does not exist anymore because of the amount of death threats he got because his store got popular people it. were talking about it and mm-hmm. yeah which i was like oh that doesn't sound very like i don't know it doesn't sound very i don't know love thy neighbor like <laughs> of people to be like you know this is blasphemous so like fuck you you should die like i don't think that's how that works the whole religion thing but i could well, be wrong there's a little bit of hypocrisy <laughs> in religion overall so that adds up a little bit and that's and that's where i come from. <laughs> that's where i come in <laughs> And then in addition to props, do you use locations as well, like churches? I wish. Oh, man. I have like this dream it's hard like, fantasy of quarantine. that too. But I have this dream fantasy of like buying a church and converting part of it into just like a beautiful filming space. But kind of tricky now. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like in the news just a couple weeks ago. So many people sent me the article of the two dominant dominatrices and a priest who got in trouble and arrested for filming in a church. Oh, wow. No, we missed that, I think. Yeah. I yeah what? I think it happened in, I want to say it happened in Louisiana, which is like, oh, that makes sense that people were not thrilled about it. <laughs> yeah. We were curious, like, do do priests ever reach out to you? Or like, do you ever get religious people requesting these videos from you? I do. Yeah. I have a reformed priest that regularly buys my content, which is super hot. And I have a lot of people, it's mostly people who, um, grew up very religious. So obviously like, you know, it's like pretty well documented that a lot of our sexual fetishes that starts to be implanted in our brains in like childhood through like experiences that we have and like formative experiences. And so a lot of people, I mean, it makes sense to me, you know, you're, you're sitting in church and you're looking up at this like giant half naked crucified man and people are talking about consuming like body and blood and they're you're like told over and over again like you know anything sexual is bad that's bad that's bad so it it just makes so much sense to me i feel like the church is like just continuously making me customers all the time <laughs> so nice of them wait so when someone says it's bad they want it so i wonder if you said everything was fine if you would raise like the most vanilla child <laughs> <laughs> You might, if you're just like, do you know what, do whatever makes you happy. You might, yeah, you might yeah. make the most milk toast cookie cutter. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> so what are the most blasphemous things you've been asked to do? A lot of people are really into Bibles being destroyed, whether that means like shredding them, peeing on them, those kinds of things. That's probably, that's probably up there. I also have a, I made a Christmas video uh, last year dressed as Mary and I called it Mary XXXmas and that one I that that's pretty up there that or um masturbating with the crown of thorns on my head that's probably mm. wow yeah <laughs> that's pretty blasphemous so I know you said that you mostly do christian blasphemy porn but I was on the subreddit 
are blasphemy porn. And there also mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of like fetishizing of Hindu goddesses. Um, mm-hmm. So I was wondering, mm-hmm. even though you specialize in Christianity, if you know anything about the other um, sort of categories of blasphemy porn. Not really. Really like keeping it usually like under like the Christian Catholic umbrellas, my forte. I do have like, so I like my religious upbringing. Do we need to get more diversity in blasphemy porn? Is that the problem? (laughs) I mean, we might have to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, you know, because religion is an authority, there's going to be people who want to subvert it and pervert it no matter what religion it is. Um, Like my religious upbringing was kind of, loosey-goosey, not really following anything, but I have, like, you know, Jewish heritage, and a lot of people that buy my content know that, so they'll be like, when are you gonna make some, like, fucked up Jewish porn? Yeah, when are you gonna do that? That's a good question. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just think, you know, there's some untapped markets here, and um, I'd like 10%. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, Something else I saw that was really interesting, and I don't know if you know anything about this, is that it seems um, from from me Googling lots of blasphemy porn last night that there's a lot of, like, (laughs) war-torn territories and stuff. So there's, like, um, I saw a lot of, like, Hindu-Muslim blasphemy stuff, you know, like Pakistan, India. I'm wondering if there's, like, Israeli-Palestinian and blasphemy porn um yeah i don't know it seemed to get a little political which i thought like this could be the key to world peace you know just get both sides to fuck each other and you're good exactly that is how we that's how we find peace that's how we find peace (laughs) yeah so do you do you know about um like political blasphemy porn um not really other than like the politics of the church like Mm -hmm. I'll have people reach out to me if, like, you know, if the Catholic Church makes a statement about something. Um, But that's really, like, where – that's basically what I know about that. Mm -hmm. It seems like you really focus on Christianity, but I was just wondering, like, what else is included in blasphemy porn, right? Like, do you get a lot of, like, blasphemous requests for, like, adorable old people? You know what I mean? Like, have you ever dressed up as, like, RBG or Betty White and, like, told (laughs) men what to do? Because I just feel like that's, like, kind of blasphemous but also awesome. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I haven't, but I might have to now. Once again, you're welcome, and I want 10%. We can, we can set that up. We can totally set that up. <laughs> I'm kidding. So what is, what's like the funniest thing someone's asked you to do where you're like, all right, I'll do it, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing? I just got a custom request for someone. So I dress up as like a succubus, like, you know, a demon. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to role play that I showed up at their funeral and my plan was to drag them down to hell, fuck their ass for all of eternity. But I was like, you know what? In the video, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to wait until I get to hell. I'm just going to fuck you in the ass in front of your entire family and friends at your funeral. That's that's what we're going to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And from that, I think a big part of what that client was looking for was like the humiliation in front of people they know. So I played into that a lot and I was like, yeah, like, like your secrets out. Everybody knows that you're like a sick fuck. Everyone can see you for who you are now. There's a lot of secrecy in it. Like most of the people who contact me, like we get to know each other. We get to, like, we get talking while we're like, you know, coming up with this video idea. It's very collaborative. And a lot of time they give me their background. And most of the time, like they are, the demographic seems to be like older married religious men who have families, they go to church and this is like I'm the one person who knows about their fetish. Wow. 
I always think it's sort of interesting, like the one thing they're keeping from their wives, they have like no idea. Yeah. So you mentioned that I think it was called Divine Interventions was the sex toy place that got a lot of hate and had to shut down. Have you gotten any um, pushback? Have religious organizations found out about you? Honestly, I've been kind of holding my breath waiting for it. Who knows? Maybe this podcast, that'll be the, the final push. Yeah, we have a lot of very conservative listeners you know what? of I this podcast. I was listening podcast. to some episodes and I was thinking that you probably do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, um, you know, I'll get messages from people who are like, that's fucked up. And you're like, I know, that's the point. I know. I'm like, uh-huh. Thank you. But the t- my Twitter DMs where it's people, it's mostly people like trying to like, you know, save my soul. And most of the time I'm reading these messages and I'm like, I'm 99% sure whoever sent this was jerking off when they wrote it. It's like, oh, wow. I think that's what I think it is. I think it's people being like, oh, you're so bad. You're so bad. And I don't think it's legitimate outrage that I've gotten yet. You know how technology can like do a lot of tracking, right? It can track like where your eyeballs or something look. It, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. shit. I can't wait to like can track if someone is jerking off while they're typing. <laughs> One-handed typing tracker. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna ca- that's gonna cause people a lot of problems. Yeah, <laughs> right? I think it's I think it's I think it's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Oh, it's it's absolutely here. It's just not part of the public uh, social graph. Yeah, yet. Uh, right. I'm gonna <laughs> create a browser extension that can tell if you're jerking <laughs> off while you're typing. Um, it's gonna be hard to get people to install it. I think I need another format. Anyway, you had mentioned like you know it's the one thing they're not telling their family or something like that. So mm-hmm. is in your experience, is this something that takes people a long time to discuss with you, or are they asking for blasphemy porn right out of the gate? Right out of the gate. I have some clients who they know me from other content. Like they've been in my cam room, which is like a very, like we hang out and listen to music. It's a very like chill, friendly, chatty environment. And then they like a blasphemy client will come in and say something. And everyone's like, Whoa, that's, that's out of like out of left field. And like my, my vanilla clients. And I think that, you know, I've had vanilla clients get curious and be like, okay, like clearly you're known for this too. I want to see what it's all about and kind of discover that they're into it. But for the most part, it's people who have been looking for it. They found me and they're like, okay, here's what I want. They're definitely my most like specific and detail oriented clients for sure. Oh, that's funny. They spent a long (laughs) time as a choir boy thinking through the details. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Are they mostly finding you through Twitter or are there sort of like congregating places for blasphemy porn fetishists, (laughs) like special sites? So now that um, that Tumblr has become a more boring place, it's definitely more on Twitter for sure. Okay. And a lot of people, they'll like be looking in like I have multiple clip sites and people will find me on a clip site and then be like, okay, perfect you know, buy up a bunch of content and then be messaging me about customs. And that's how they found me just like basically like Googling like blasphemy porn. Yeah, I feel like this is probably a fetish that a lot of people are like scared to admit or don't realize that they have. Yeah. How big do you think this like fetish or community is? As soon as I think I kind of like understand the grasp of it, it just gets bigger. You know, they're my blasphemy videos are like they're consistently my best-selling videos and I know like I have like a general idea of like you know okay I'm gonna put up a blasphemy video I always post on Sundays and uh I'll put up a blasphemy video and then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger so honestly I think it's a lot I think it's a lot larger of an audience than I even understood (laughs) 
And I, you mentioned this a little bit at the top, but do you know where else they are congregating? Like, I found this subreddit blasphemy porn. I know you mentioned there was a lot of it on Tumblr. Um, do you know where else they're sort of like discussing this? Yeah, so definitely Reddit, definitely Tumblr, mostly on Twitter. And also uh, I found through Instagram. Oh, there's okay. a lot of blasphemy people on Instagram because there's a lot of, um, you know, blasphemous art has existed basically since religion and art have both existed so forever. And so there, I found so many, so many Instagram pages of like, there's like nun specific ones and satanic blasphemy specific ones. So there's lots of people on there. And also surprisingly, um, so I recently, I thought I was too old, but I was like, fuck it and made a TikTok. And there's a lot of people who are finding videos of mine on TikTok and like it's rerouting them to my content. Are you doing blasphemy, blasphemous TikToks? Yeah. So I'm doing like, so there's blasphemous TikToks on there. There's just like stupid, silly ones on there too. Um, It's kind of a mix of everything. But the blasphemy ones, that's definitely, I, I didn't even realize. Like I, you know, you can do hashtags obviously on TikTok and you hashtag blasphemy and there's lots, there's lots of stuff on there. Well, you hear, you heard it here, listeners, go check it out. (laughs) Just a point of a question slash point of clarification, like, uh, explicit stuff and nudity is not permitted on TikTok or is there an NSFW area? No, not at all. No, TikTok is very, they have guidelines that are very strict, but I mean, the thing about blasphemy is like, it's not all hardcore. It's not all nudity, even just like dancing around in a nun habit or like dressing up as like a succubus on TikTok, like that gets blasphemous, like blasphemy fans going that, mm-hmm. that alone, or like, you know, if you put a rosary in your mouth, that's not violating any guidelines, but that's definitely appealing to like a blasphemy audience. Mm-hmm. TikTok has a wide age variety on there. And I don't like I, you know, some people have been complaining that there should be a not safe for work TikTok. I think it'd be fine if that was like a totally separate thing. But as TikTok is the way it is, like, I'm happy with there being uh, community guidelines on there. It's important. Um, How do you think Matt should let his wife know about his blasphemy porn fetish? How dare you? Do you think I that's think, something he should tell her or God is it, it better to keep it a secret? You know what? She might be super into it. So I say <laughs> I say there's a plethora of sexy nun costumes on the internet. You can buy like a priest collar. I say just go for it. Just go Matt, for it. I'm just looking out for you because I feel like quarantine, you know, it can be kind of like boring and there's a lot of malaise and I just, you know, I want to help you guys out. So I um, appreciate just that. Just remind me your address and I'll send you some costumes. One, four, seven. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't wish I had a religious upbringing, and I fully understand, as we've analyzed many times on this show, the connection between repression and formality, and then how you flip over to the other side uh, to sexy time. Religion was never part of my life growing up, so this is this is not even if I wanted it, it's not it doesn't hold sway for me. But I uh, but I totally that, get like, it. The lady doth protest too much, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> No, I hear you. Like, I wasn't raised with God, so, like, I'm not... It's, yeah, yeah. It's, right. It's, uh, That's, uh, yeah. Similarly with me, so, like, when people are like, this is so bad, I'm like, really? To me, this is, like, <laughs> this is, like, I mean, sure, but to me, it's, like, very, like, there's no stakes in it to me. I don't think I'm going to hell. You know what I mean? Well, here's the ultimate question, though. Would you fuck in a church? Because... 
For me, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not totally atheist. I'm agnostic. Like, maybe there's something. I kind of doubt it, but maybe, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like if you actually fuck in a church or synagogue, have you crossed a line or not? I mean, in Judaism, it's a mitzvah, I think, to fuck on Shabbat and the holidays. Mm -hmm. So I guess as long as you're in a synagogue... (laughs) And it was Shabbat, then you'd be okay. But well, I, I feel know. like you know, I feel like uh, if there is that line to cross that sends you to hell, I've crossed it a hundred times over, probably. So at this point, yeah. You so know, you might as well just secure yourself to heaven for one time. The night has come. Anyone else know that song? But like, to <laughs> no. hell, yeah. You might as well just like really lock it in. Yeah, just really lock it in. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, so to me, like growing up without like this like strong religious background, to me, like I looked at Catholicism and I thought it was theatrical. I thought it was kind of sexy and cool. I really like art and like the costume. Like I just thought it was so dramatic and over the top. And I just thought it was like, it was so fascinating. So like getting to play dress up with that all the time is the best and fucking in a church. Yeah. Without a doubt would do. (laughs) Well, that sort of answered my next question, which is just, what do you personally get out of this? Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, like I get to dress up every day. I get to play dress up every day. Like you can't beat that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very creative. It's very expressive. I'm like very much drawn to Catholic imagery, just like I said, like the drama of it and the theatrics of it. So I have I have so much fun with it. Any sex worker will tell you there's always stuff that you started off being like, yeah, I could do that for money, and then you're like, wait a second, am I getting into this? Yeah, I'm I'm getting into this. I. <laughs> Is, have you ever done time. like a very specific Bible story? Like, I don't really know enough Bible stories to make a fun <laughs> reference here, but it's like Joan and the whale. Like, is there like a really specific thing that you're asked to do? The the Mary one, the Christmas one. Yeah, but Christmas, like everybody knows about Christmas. Has there been like an obscure one where you're like, oh man, I got to go read the Old Testament or New Testament to like brush up on 21, this? Yeah, I'll have, people, yeah. I'll have people throw out some passages where like, and they kind of expect me to just know. And I'm like, uh, let me grab one of my Bibles. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Like a lot of the like um any uh, like there's I mean you look at the Bible and there's adultery. They talk. There's like a passage that talks about wet dreams. There's like really. This, <laughs> I, I wish I could rattle the number off off, off the top. Yeah, of my we're head, gonna but need to know that later. Um, yeah, we'll have to do some research. But there's like, definitely there's, some sodomy. Oh yeah, plenty of sodomy. Like so a lot of the times, it's stuff like that. Like people want to hear those words. You know, they've heard that, you know, it probably titillated them hearing it in church and they want, you know, they want to hear it come out of my mouth. All right, Sabrina. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. And we wanted to wrap up today by asking, how can our listeners find you? Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Twitter. All my links are pinned right on there. And they can find me at, at Sabrina XMFC. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Keep up yeah, the good thank work. You. <laughs> we'll... Keep up God's work. Yep. Yeah. The Lord's yeah. work, yes. Yeah. 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 I will. Really the devils, will. but yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> I loved your question about really specific Bible stories. I was like really yeah. hoping... <laughs> 
There is going to be a good one. I, I wish I was able to like quote something really obscure, but I I don't know shit about the hey. Bible. You said Jonah you know the Well. I was impressed. Yeah, well, that's like you know, that's a story from the High Holidays for you know, since like the only thing I know. But you know, when I went to Hebrew school as a kid and we learned all these stories, I was like, why are we learning these? These are stupid and old and useless. And I wish someone had told me that. They'd be used for porn later, but oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> but there's, you know, and like, but it's like as a kid, like, yeah, they're old and they're outdated and they make no sense. But it's like, how do you explain to a child that, like, actually, po- politics today still reference this? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, right, right. And sex, right? But uh, yeah, so I didn't really pay attention. The safe way to do that is to say, like, hey, you kid, you know your favorite movie that your favorite, you know, The Matrix, that cool, fun action movie that blew your mind. Well. Neo is Jesus. Boom. Symbolism. Oh my right. God. Look at the influence here. Like that's the that's where the Bible came became relevant to sort of, my but like, like you, can, you can enjoy life. that movie without having any fucking idea. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But when you when you realize how fucking Im- impactful this book has been on everything in our culture as a as a kid, mm-hmm. then you're like, whoa, totally. it matters, even though it's stupid, you know. Totally. Yeah, yeah that would have been cool, like Bible class with pop culture references. Dude, yeah, there you Great go. Great idea, Matt. We could charge a lot for that. Should we teach Do it? That. Make a, yeah, that's make a, a way better series. way to teach it. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> Can you guys guess what religion I grew up as? Oh. Christian. Well, Allie probably knows, Definitely right? Christian, but it was like a specific kind of Christian. No, they're all the same to me. Mm. They're all the same to me. <laughs> this, what a great question. Okay. Uh, you know, I actually think this is part of Protestantism. Lutheran. <laughs> that's right. That's yes, too, but yeah. Yes. Oh, there you go. I was going to say Pennsylvania. You got to dig in there. Yeah, definitely. Like, right. Well, <laughs> German slash Pennsylvania Dutch, which I think is German anyway. Um, So Lutheranism. Yeah, it was like big where I grew up and we went to a Lutheran okay. church. <laughs> but as far as I know, like I've been to all different kinds of churches. And it, to me, I don't know. People are going to maybe hate me for saying this, but a lot of it's the same. Like the way the service was, the things we covered, the kinds of prayers you we said. You blasphemous whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but my real question for you is, in your family going to these churches, was it just a thing that we did or was it Jesus is real and this is real and you must learn it because all of it's real? Which take was your family uh, in? Unfortunately for us, it was just a thing that we did. Yeah, gotcha. I think it yeah. was the pressure from... Their parents, maybe, like, it's just they felt like they should. But you you could just sense that when you're a kid that, like, there's not a real, like, <laughs> belief behind it, you know? So I got, right. like, confirmed in my church when you become, like, an official member or whatever when you're 12 or 13. And at that point, I, I stopped going. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. How about you, Matt? What did you say you didn't really grow up with religion? No, not at all. Yeah. It just, and, and truly felt like an alien anytime I would step foot in a church or a synagogue, because I, as you do, when you go to family events or friends or bar mitzvahs or, uh, you know, confirmations, like you just said, like you enter into that space, but I was so clueless because never, 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 we never went. And, and my parents were never explicitly atheistic. I'm not even sure what they believe, to be honest, but it was never part of my life, and I came to conclusions very quickly that it didn't science up. and mythology do not add up. And I am an atheist to this day. Uh, and it's not a, it's not a, um, I don't know what do you call it. It's not a combative position. It is literally like I look, I observe the world, 
a a a god or power makes no sense to me and the rest of this is is very rich historically based mythology and literature that is very fascinating and i love learning about it but it has no spiritual component to me why atheist as opposed to agnostic you can't disprove that elves and unicorns exist they could exist somewhere they could they could be but there's no evidence there's not a shred of evidence that these creatures or 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 spiritual beings exist so it is i'm a naturalist or to be technical an ontological naturalist which means if it if i cannot observe it in nature with my senses or with a scientific method then there's no reason for me to believe so what i'm hearing is that matt is a flat earther <laughs> because what? he can't i do not observe i cannot see yeah. A curvature, and therefore it is obvious that the Earth is flat. I, I don't see a, a conversation there. Yeah, I think I believe. You know, if if I, if it goes beyond my senses, I still think things could be there. But I'm definitely not of the mind that there's like some sort of like God, I don't, or like a as we think of them as like an inhuman form or something like that. Right. Exactly. There might be some like greater force that brought this all together, but. Yeah. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah. This is. It's forgive me because I do. I do. I have spent a lot of time thinking about this as a kid, but and also in my intellectual life. God does not answer the question why. So, as a as a philosopher, right? You're like, why do we exist? And the religious person says, because God created us. And then I would say well, why does God exist? Or why did God create us? Or why, who created God? And if your answer is another God, another God, another God, then that, to me, is identical to the, to the framing of the universe exists. We don't know why. It just does. And there, we, we don't have the answer. So, if your answer is a human God who looks like a human, that's ridiculous. If yes. your answer is some spiritual force that created the universe because it wanted to, well, maybe that's less human-centric, but it's also doesn't answer the question, why did it happen? Mm -hmm. So, I'm of the mind of like, we don't know the answer, yeah. so I'm going to wait for science. And if you're of the mind of like, we don't know the answer, but I believe in spirits, then I can't get behind that. Mm -hmm. What about people who think God is like something that we can't understand and it's like a force? But that's the universe. <laughs> we, th we have, there, we, there's a whole ton of shit in cosmology that we don't understand. Gravity is very mysterious, dark matter. Like there are so many questions about what is going on in our universe that we can aspire to answer. We don't have to be like, there's a force that created us and it has intelligence, but it's mystical. Like why? We don't, there's no reason for that because we don't know the answer. We should just admit that we don't know and figure it out. Sidebar, Matthew, I need you to watch David Attenborough's new Netflix special, A Life on Our Planet. Yeah, and yeah, I need yeah. you to tell me what you think, because it's very dire and pessimistic. And you are the <sighs> eternal optimist in my life. And it reminded me because I think that if there is a God, it's just like Mother Nature. <laughs> it's just like biodiversity <laughs> is yeah. God. But I need you to watch this film. Because I think we're all going to die soon. Yeah. I mean, you're this. It might be the one that makes me pessimistic. Ah! Um, I'm so I'm so glad you brought up nature, though, because there's this myth of like Mother Nature and everything in equilibrium and the natural way is the best way. And and when you st step back and observe nature, nature's fucking horrible at any moment. Wait. 
Every creature plant is being eaten alive, dismembered, crushed, freezing, starving. The, the natural order is an order of suffering. So if you're attributing a, a, a kind, peaceful, benevolent intelligence to nature, that's not true. Wait, but that's completely but that's completely wrong because it's like, yeah, they die because and then they like feed other parts of the world and that's right. how it everything coexists. Yes. Correct. And humans uh, pulling have back as, that up. But I'm saying your average organism in nature has a terrifying, painful life. Unless you're at the top of the food chain, unless you're a shark or a human or whatever, your life in nature as a creature, as an animal, as a plant, fucking sucks. And so the natural, the the natural order of things is suffering. That's why there's there's a lot in Buddhism that's like the world sucks, but if you like. Br- achieve a higher understanding you can get over the life is suffering part there's that resonates more with me I'm not a buddhist but then like nature is perfect and the world is great and god created everything in a perfect way like that is silly yeah. to me okay yeah. but you gotta watch this documentary because basically <laughs> it says that earth is going to be uninhabitable in our lifetime definitely amelia's if things don't <laughs> yeah get in on the fail and improve. So God, God bless David Attenborough. That's that's, that's all I can say. I will. I, I mean, I'm scared. Also, to watch he's it, but 93 yes. and he's fucking with it. Yeah, man. Man, I only knew him as a voiceover, but now I've seen his his, his <laughs> face. He's yeah. Anywho, you heard it here. Matt's a Buddhist. Um, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, if you uh, have a really creative blasphemous kink, I want to know about it. So tweet me at Ali Gold, A L L I G O L D, or me at Junebugger, J O N B U G G E R. You can email us at 2g1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail. That phone number is 347 871 6548. That number again. 347-871-6LIT. And you can join our Discord server. Today's show was suggested by somebody in our Discord. Please hop in there. Say hello to us. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Um, if you've never done it before, it's free. It's super easy. It's kind of like a chat room. Listeners of the show are there. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. And Ali, if they would like to make a contribution, how do they do it? Please do. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. Check it out. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Numbers One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Then sprinkled with the sexiest holy water available. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Just be clean, have some source of income, and well hung.